Welcome to Leaders in Conversation, a series in which I, Annie Townend, talk with inspiring leaders about who they are and what they do, in particular focusing on their values and beliefs and who and what shaped them, and on their passions and their purpose. Today, I'm delighted to be in conversation with Fee McMillan. Fee is an adventurer, an executive coach, a supervisor, and an entrepreneur. Welcome, Fee. Thank you, Annie. I am really delighted to be with you today. Fee, you describe yourself as an adventurer at heart. Tell me, where did your sense of adventure come from and your love of the outdoors? It was a very instinctive thing, as I think it is actually for all of us when we listen. And when I was a kid, I grew up in this little village in Hampshire, and I wasn't very confident. I cried quite a lot, and I wasn't comfortable at school, but I did really love getting on my bike, my really old bike, and I'd go down to the river and I'd stand in the river, summer, winter, didn't matter, and I loved looking beneath the surface and seeing what was there and looking in the edges, all the reeds and the bulrushes and the irises. And I was just, it took me into a dream being outside. And I used to get my mates together and I'd say, come on, let's, and we'd go to the edges of the village. We'd go to all the unexplored bits. We might have like a mother's pride sandwich in our pockets that was squashed flat with chocolate spread in the middle and we'd stay out all day. So that's, that's the genesis of it, really. But I suppose there was a big bit in my life where w- when I was in my early adulthood, I, I kind of left it behind me. I became a bit disconnected. And it's in the last 15 years, since I was about 40, that connection has come back to me really, really strongly. What prompted that, Fee, that connection with the outdoors and that spirit of adventure 15 years ago? I'd just recently separated, had two kids. I was um, a district councillor and my head was full of stuff. And I got a dog and I realised that the one time in the day that I felt really calm and good was when I was outside with the dog. So it went from sort of, you know, the perfunctory 10, 15 minute dog walk into I started doing day walks with the dog. And then it just kind of took off from there. I remember some friends saying to me, oh, we're going to walk across the Pyrenees in May. Do you want to come? And I said, yeah, that sounds good. And my friend showed me this satellite image of the walk we were going to do. And it looked really flat because it was a satellite image. And it was the most excruciating (laughs) uphill walk. We had to take crampons. I was terrified. But every time I did something a bit more, I realized I really like this. It makes me feel really alive and really good. And I... I just felt so peaceful and delighted when I was in big landscapes. So that's when it came back more fully. That sounds so lovely. And that spirit of adventure that you discovered when you were a child, always going to the edges, has me in mind of the permaculture philosophy, which is that growth happens at the edges And it's something which stays with me in my work uh, as an executive coach to teams and and individuals is that growth happening at the edges. What have you learned from adventuring and going to these edges? That's such an interesting question because, you know, at one level, 
going out into landscape and adventuring in that way could just be the experience itself, like a nice to do and it just like an isolated thing. But for me, it runs much, much deeper than that. And I think really what I've really got from those experiences is a new experience of myself, which started with a new experience of my body and what I was capable of. I was the one at school who didn't get picked for sports teams. So the fitness was good, but that really wasn't the deal. I think I've had some profoundly changing experiences in adventure of spirit and being connected to something much bigger than myself. And then having that different experience of myself in adventure and then coming back changed. So it's not the experience in itself. It's the coming back feeling differently about what I left behind. Mm -hmm. So that's the kind of physical adventure piece. But I think there's also something about in my mid-20s, I had a, a very difficult experience in my family that I had to deal with. And after that, it really, in a way, it was an adventure, even though it was a very difficult emotional experience. But I came back from that experience changed as well and felt fearless about what I was capable of. And so the kind of entrepreneurial bit of me is the one who says, I think I can do that. I've got a feeling I can do that and I'm going to go for it. So I, I get quite excited when I see possibility and things that I want to pursue. And I have the doubting part of myself too, like all of us. Because you described yourself as a not very confident child. And yet you found in your 20s through experience and coming back from that edge of experience, it sounds as if you did find your confidence. That's a very interesting observation because the experience I had in my family at that stage was one where I really, really had to show up. It felt like there was no choice. Some people would say it was a soul calling. You know, there was something that needed to be done and I was the only one who could do it. And I just chose very strongly to do it. And so, yes, I did find my confidence in that experience mm -hmm. and maybe, you know, how families are, things move on and have to change and maybe what was left behind needed to have been left behind. Mm. Yeah. Tell me more about your family and yourself as you were growing up and who were the influencers, the people who shaped who you became I had a mum and a dad and my dad was in the Navy and my mum was a stay-at-home mum, as lots of mums were in the 60s. And I had a brother who was a year and a half younger than me. Um, we grew up in this village and um, I suppose the defining story of my life has been that my dad grew up in a prisoner of war camp when he was a very young child. And so that made life quite tricky for him. So my parents separated when I was five. My mum was the one who always held things steady and looked after us and kept things going. If I think about that early time in life, I would say that nature, actually, the outdoors was the greatest influence on my life. It was this steadying thing, if you like. That's great to hear. And that's what you've brought into your entrepreneurial setting up, I imagine, of wild leadership. Wild leadership was a phrase that came to me uh, out of nowhere you know it's just one of those two words arrived in my head and uh, a couple of years before I set up Wild Leadership I had been doing a lot of outdoor coaching feeling its power but I'd also been doing these adventures which I, I saw them as separate like I do my coaching outdoors and then I have my own personal stuff that I did and then I had a period um, just after my 50th birthday where I realized I was carrying too much responsibility in my family. I would say I was semi-burnt out, not completely, but I definitely was in a go-slow phase. 
And out of that, I ended up doing a vision quest. And that really, really changed how I felt about my work. And I felt like I really wanted this this experience where I was out on the land for several days fasting. Um, it put me in connection with myself. And it's really hard to put into words, but like in a much more whole way. And I felt really that the experience that I was having, I felt very resourced, very present. And the connection I made at the time was here I was experiencing this. And this was something that a lot of my clients were wanting, you know, more presence, able to show up, much more capacity and resourceful. And in the two years after I quested, world leadership emerged is the best way of putting it. And it's it's that synthesis of the experiences that I had had that I felt would be valuable for my clients. And how do you help your clients get in touch with that, what you describe as outdoor intelligence and how you help your clients, senior leaders, get in touch with that and bring it into their leadership? I'm still working on how I do that. I make it very simple and I just invite clients to take time outside before we start working together, I invite them to go outside and ask themselves in quiet reflection in an extended walk, what the work is that they think that we're to do together. And Mm. it's a more drop down place than just being in our cognition. And then when we're working together, I invite them to take time outside between sessions as well. We work out the questions that they're going to work with according to wherever they are in their coaching. And, you know, I know from that experience, it just really shifts perspective. Before COVID, I was working standing side by side with clients, often in a London park. I believe now that my clients have a more powerful experience when they're not with me. Taking When I've kind of guided them in taking their time out, how that might happen, they are in that reflection for themselves and bringing it back into the coaching conversation. And we're making sense of what's happened for them and their new insights. It's a really interesting and subtle shift that I found powerful. So rather than walking and talking side by side, which is something that I do with clients, as you know, and encourage them to do with each other, you invite your clients to go out and tap into that outdoor intelligence maybe with a question or or something similar an intention and then they bring that back to their coaching work with you I believe that's the most powerful work that I'm doing at the moment Um, I'm not significantly back with people in person I'm not totally averse to walk and talk but this is the this is the breakthrough I've made this is where I'm really interested in working is helping people with their own experience of that and helping them when they're on their own to connect with that outdoor intelligence wherever they are that gives the work a lot more reach in terms of who you can speak to you know the physical flexibility of it but I think there's something really important in what we're saying here which is that human beings have this really innate connection with the natural world. So when we actually step over the threshold outside, something really different happens in our bodies at an unconscious level. Mm. We tune in, we can see things more easily outside, our bodies relax, our minds work better. If I step outside with you now, we're very closely in connection with each other. We're, We're relating to each other. If you step out by yourself, you will move much more deeply into connection with the natural world because you're alone. So for me, that's where the power comes from. 
for the individual. The work you're doing, encouraging people to find themselves on their own in nature, wherever that is, even if that is on the street, in the park, under a tree, I think is so, so important. If I think about my client group, we've got the heroic clients who have been managing homeschooling at the same time as their work in the home, definitely needing space. I also work with coaches teaching this work. And I've worked with a lot of people who've been very isolated during the pandemic. And actually, step going from the isolation of within a home to stepping outside in nature, I know for me it does, but from the reported experience, there's a very holding presence in nature so if you feel lonely inside and you go out that can feel really different it can feel much more connected and a less lonely place what about your work with people who maybe aren't haven't got the mobility to get outside and to be in nature i love the creativity of this work one of the coaches i've been working with is um spearheading some coaching with cancer patients And we did an online brainstorming, a whole big group of us, as to how that could happen, not just when people have mobility issues, but also when they're really sick. All the research points to our nature connection being activated, even when we think of nature, when we see images. I've got some bits and pieces on my desk that I've brought back from walks, you know, any of those things. So I think there's lots of opportunity to be sitting inside, opening the window, gathering to you something that's growing, any of those things. And wild nature has a bigger hit. But let's just start where we are. You know, if we're in if we're in bed sick, we put some lovely things around the bed, we try and look out of the window, maybe we're Wonderful. watching a, a nature program. That outdoor intelligence is almost uh, I'm thinking it's it's indoor intelligence as in inside of us. So there's something about bringing that outer intelligence inside of us and finding that our own indoor intelligence, Mm. which I had never really thought about. But that's what you're helping people to do is move between that outdoor intelligence and their own internal indoor intelligence, wherever they are, be that through an image, be that through objects from nature you've got a beautiful image behind you and uh, it would be lovely to hear why you've chosen that it's an old drover's track a sort of hollow way if you like in Wales with the mountains in the background it's a very green picture and I chose it quite instinctively but I'm looking at it now on screen it draws me into the mountains when I look at it Mm. it's like the path that goes off out into adventure that's the thing that's lights my fire absolutely and you're not quite sure where that pathway that old drover's ancient pathways is going to take you and thinking about adventure and how for many of us we have you know the the adventure outside isn't always possible how can we bring that adventurous spirit into our everyday I do get a lot of energy about just taking different turns, which might be as simple as, you know, the different footpath that, oh, I haven't quite explored up there. Or it might be new friends or going somewhere different. Just like 
life is the most blessed experiment. So let's experiment and see what happens. I get bored quite easily. My best friend says I have the concentration of a gnat. I just don't have a long attention span. But I just I want to try different stuff. I want to feel really alive. We were just talking about what took me into adventure. But at at that time that I was doing the Pyrenees expedition, the other thing that was happening was that I'd been a single parent for about five years. And my daughter, one of my daughters had, she was really struggling at school. There was a question of her coming out of the school system at 16. And it had been very emotional. And she wanted to come with me outdoors. She wanted to come with me and go on a holiday. So we did the Pyrenees together and we went and did a swimming holiday together. And and that was really powerful experience for both of us. And it really helped something stronger come through in her. So it wasn't just a whoopadoo, nice to go on an adventure. It was also kind of heartfelt mum thing as well. There's two things there that occur to me, Fee, is the the doing that together, you and your daughter, and reminds me too of the power of nature and of water. And I know from some other work that uh, I've had the privilege to, to learn about, about wild water swimming and about helping people with depression um but having somebody to go with to go swimming with and that doing something together with somebody so not only being out in nature being in the mountains or just being somewhere but also being in the water with somebody else having somebody there with is incredibly powerful. So it doesn't surprise me that the two of you being part of something, of having that shared experience outdoors really helped both of you. Yeah, it did then. And in the time that we're in now, post-pandemic, where everyone's world has been turned upside down in a way, Mm. we have this really strong regulating thing that happens in our nervous systems when we go outside so putting outdoor intelligence Mm. to one side we just have this place where we can be fed and still and it's very instant Mm. we don't need to know anything clever we just go for a walk so there's real encouragement there just to try something new to go for it isn't there that's what I'm hearing that that part of the the essence of adventuring is to look to say yes which when I think about it is a mindset uh, that then leads to behavior so looking to say yes and then following through with with that action saying yes to something that otherwise might have seemed too far away yeah exactly and I think when one adventures one also has to know that sometimes the adventure won't work well so what are some of the most common challenges that senior leaders are facing when they seek you out fee for the work that you do so often it's getting to grips with a new role that's really challenging 
And all of the bits that come with that, confidence, presence, just making sense of how to prioritize, often they need making sense space. When you're in a new role, it's like, well, where are the edges of me now? I I knew who I was and how I did things back then, but now I'm a bit confused. It's sort of coming into a new space. And often I experience with clients, there's an expectation that there's some kind of received wisdom or way of doing it somewhere, which we all know may exist in some small way, but the real work of stepping up in leadership is is finding that in yourself in your own way and translating it into the situation you're in. So that would be the main, that would sit at the heart of the work that I do with clients. So it's helping your clients to go inside through going outside or being inspired by the outside, by that outside intelligence and making it their own. Absolutely making their own, learning to trust themselves. That person has to have that experience for themselves. You know, what are all the different bits of me that are showing up here in this new role that I'm doing? What matters to me? So being in touch with self for me is just the absolute starting point of leadership. So that works really well with the outdoor work. You've used this phrase outdoor intelligence, which is one that I started using last year because I was trying to express something quite big and complex and I wanted it to be very simple. But essentially, when, when I say outdoor intelligence, I'm, I am speaking to the fact that our brains work better when we're outside moving, both in terms of mm-hmm. divergent and con- convergent thinking, but also that we're embodied when we're outside. We have whole body knowing and Um, So that's awakened just by virtue of walking, not by understanding what embodiment means, just, you know, we're walking. And so it is a much more whole experience. But then even beyond what's happening in our bodies, because we're noticing what's around us, we're aware of this connection with something bigger than us. We're aware of a bigger context for our lives. And then if we take it even further out than that, and this would be in a spirit of quest or thinking about systemic intelligence or collective wisdom. What I believe is that there's something trying to emerge in the world in every moment. And when we're outside and we can really be in the zone of being peaceful and tuning into what's happening, we come to know what wants to emerge in us and what wants to emerge in our community or our organization. And so for me, that edge of outdoor intelligence, a kind of systemic intelligence is a really powerful, interesting place. The edge is a very interesting place to be. I often talk with leaders about getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, that kind of edge of experience where something new can emerge and I make a shift or you know, move towards something and I'm aware what I'm moving away from as well, which walking and moving certainly helps me to think about what I'm walking towards, moving towards, and what I might be leaving behind, sometimes with with joy, sometimes with, you know, some regret, making a choice to go in one way and not another way, a little bit like the paths in choosing a path. I'll never know that path because I've chosen to take a different path. Fee, you also um, are the creator of a podcast yourself called Switched On. Yeah, so with Switched On, I wanted to capture and bring in a range of experiences of what happened to people outside. I wanted it to be a more subtle, nuanced, everyday experiences 
deep connection experiences and how that changes people and the work that they do. So I'm quite early days in my podcasting. I've learned a lot of tech. But what I've discovered is I absolutely love, well, I knew I loved talking to people, but I love being in this kind of exploratory conversation. So I've talked to some really interesting different people. Claire Genkai Breeze, who is a Buddhist um, ordained Buddhist chaplain and supervisor and coach. And she's talked about a really long walk she did and ill health and the work that she does with leaders who um, want to really challenge the status quo. I'd say that interview was very, that was very powerful one. Um, and then at this sort of other kind of more linear place, I've got Gary Pratt, who was the last interview I did, who's entrepreneur in residence at the University of Bath and runs walking holidays for leaders. And he's got his own process for how he gets them into thinking outside. I would love to, as we come to the close of our conversation, for you to summarise what you're all about and then for you to give what your three best pieces of advice would be to senior leaders who are looking to connect and raise their outdoor intelligence. But first, in summary, what are you all about? What am I all about? Wholehearted living is really important. You know, when I had my second daughter, I nearly lost my life and it was a very changing experience because when you come so close, you realise the preciousness of every day. So really living wholeheartedly, but also experiencing daily a sense of freedom and choice. We all have such agency. And as coaches, we know agency. And, and I really want to sort of be upholding people in their own agency. And for me, being outdoors and living ever more in connection with that is the context for that wholehearted living and the freedom and the agency to happen. And at the moment, I'm really thinking about how do I shed uh, how do I shed more of the material world that I live in, both in terms of my home and my possessions? How do I live more freely and adventurously for in, even in that dimension? I love that wholehearted living, you know, approaching mm. each day in a wholehearted way and looking for that connection as you do through nature. You've talked about your spirit of adventure and the way in which you embrace the everyday wholeheartedly. Where is your path taking you now? None of us really know, but I've got a couple of pointers at the moment. So I'm passionate about taking the Nature Connection work into organisations. And I've just done a really interesting piece of work with the Welsh Government around their Wellbeing and Future Generations Act, which is about really taking into account the generations that are coming and sustainability. And I've offered my work to them because Nature Connection can sit at the heart of leadership. And so we're evolving something together as to how we land that with public service leaders in Wales. And I started that work last week with them. They had an online event for three days and I gave people outdoor experiences during that online event through some material I'd created and also uh, a live broadcast I did. So that's been incredibly exciting and interesting. Also training as a Vision Quest guide as well and I'm in process with that at the moment and I feel like I will be offering that into organisations in some way. It might not be for people to go out and spend four days and nights fasting on the land but it's it's a way of 
moving into this work more deeply and really tuning into that systemic intelligence and the purpose that wants to emerge in each of us, our gift, our soul code, as it was once called. So that's that's something on the path. Mm. What top three pieces of advice would you have for senior leaders who themselves not only might be looking to develop their outside intelligence, but also inspired by Yufi to to lead more wholeheartedly? The three things I would say is we have habits for a reason as human beings, but when people go outside, they often go where they're used to going. And I think it's really helpful when you take time outside to consider before you go out where you're really drawn to go. Nature can be a great mirror for what's wanting to emerge in us. So if we just really tune in to where the places that we really, you know, in our hearts, where do I really, where I'm excited about going? So I think that's a really powerful starting place. And then I think there's also a second point would be to really be aware of what might be calling you in terms of practice more regularly. So I think we we move into a greater knowing outside when our bodies are used to going there often. So it doesn't have to be a long time every day or every week, but really just in small steps, building that up more regularly, our time outside, because we become much stiller and we can much more able to listen to ourselves and what wants to emerge when it's a regular habit. My experience of being outside with people is that the conversation is much more real and raw So amongst leaders, I think it's just really valuable to spend time outside with your people because I think it tilts the relationship. It shifts it into a much more, I'm going to use the word intimate connection, really. Thank you, Fee. Lovely being in conversation with you. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and encouraging us all to connect more with our outdoor intelligence to live and lead more wholeheartedly. To find out more about Fee and Wild Leadership, do go to LinkedIn, Fee Macmillan. To listen to other leaders in conversation, do go to my website, annietownend.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, where I post regularly and share other people's posts. If you would like to be a leader in conversation, please do get in touch with me on my email, annie at annietownend.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for listening.